Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Been a couple of weeks since I've said that from my perspective, because I took some time off. From your perspective, it's only been a week. How about that? The magic of time. How it can be different from your perspective to mine. Fascinating. What else is fascinating is that there may or may not be spoilers in this episode. This warns of them, just in case. Another thing that I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> oh, silly, silly me. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes because that is good for podcasts. And this is one. Uh, I think without further ado, I will push the button. That will get us started uh, by starting a timer that divides the podcast into neat, nice little five-minute segments, ideally. That is, of course, of course, assuming that uh, I don't push pause on the timer as I have a want to do when I feel like it. It's my podcast, and I'll podcast how I want to, podcast how I want to, podcast how I want to. You would podcast, too, if it happened to you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is the 2017 Golden Chainsaw Lumberjack Awards. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, movie the first, The Infiltrator. Uh, came out in, when did this come out? 2016. I never heard of this. Um, it just showed up one day, uninvited because I had never heard of it. On my uh, Netflix queue, I saw that it starred Brian Cranston, who, for my bang for my buck, is one of the greatest actors of the modern age. So I said to myself, hey, this can't be that bad. Why hadn't I heard of it? Um, maybe the reason is uh, based on a true story. Yeah, seemingly. And not blowing me away with interest. Uh, how about on that note, rating-wise? Uh, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. But most of that has to do with the performances. And less of it has to do with the story itself. Um, and for me, the story sort of a lot 
does it matter more? I was just about to say the story matters more to me. Could you have an incredibly boring story where nothing happens, but the performances are amazing and you'd still like it? I kind of think, no, no. Could you have an amazing story that from one moment to the next keeps you on the edge of your seat, but the acting is horrible? I think it would almost be hard to do that, but uh, I think it would be better, quote-unquote. So how about that for a little not talking about a movie while talking about a movie? Uh, a U.S. Customs official uncovers a money laundering scheme involving, Colombi uh, involving Colombian drug lord Pablo Escobar. Uh, yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, Walter, Walter White. <laughs> yeah, Walter White goes undercover. Uh, Brian Cranston goes undercover, uh, with the Colombian mob and such. It's good, but, eh. Uh, next, we have, uh, Sharknado 3, colon, oh hell no, exclamation point. Um... I think I got about 10-15 minutes into this and realized I hadn't seen the second one. And it doesn't matter. These things are really, really bad movies that have moments of so bad it's good. Uh, <laughs> but even those moments are sort of few and far between. Uh, Rating-wise, you know, I'll go a 2 to some 3 moments. If you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, 3 is enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. There were a few moments in this where like, you have to laugh and shake your head, which is what you're looking for in a Sharknado movie. Um, yeah, these, these sharks, they're really flying around. Uh, one thing I liked, <laughs> just the up the ridiculousness, is that apparently... Sharks, uh, over the course of these three movies, so what is it? Uh, let, let's, let's be not conservative and say the first movie took place ten years ago. So somehow the sharks have evolved to be able to breathe while flying through the air. So it only took them ten years to evolve this air-breathing ability. Uh, not, not, not even air-breathing, um... Uh, yeah, air breathing. Yeah, they they can they can breathe while flying through the air. Uh, dumb, 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 dumb. What's not dumb, or perhaps less dumb, is the next movie, Suicide Squad. Uh, this very strongly falls under the category of movies that seemingly nobody likes. That uh, unprofessional reviewer of things that I am, I very much enjoyed. Uh, rating wise, I'm gonna go a solid four to five. Uh, if you go into a movie such as this, a Suicide Squad, and don't expect uh, friggin' Shawshank Redemption, I don't know, try to pick a good movie, uh, and sort of watch it for what it is, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't have a good time. Sure, there's plot holes, sure there's things that don't really make sense. Uh, sure, Margot Robbie walking away from the camera, shots of her ass are gratuitous. Is that a bad thing? I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, it's a bit of a mess, but it's a, it's a happy-go-lucky sort of, uh, action pack explosions, group of characters getting together to fight for some unknown reason. I don't know, it didn't make a lot of sense, uh, and yet I still like it. Um, who is... Margot Robbie was good, Will Smith was good. 
uh, everyone was fine. Uh, the girl, uh, Viola Davis, who played Amanda Waller, I thought she was actually very good. Yeah, Jared Leto as the Joker. I, there was, like, the, the amount of hate that he got for his portrayal of the Joker is sad that your life is going to evoke such hatred. Like, I didn't like it. It's probably my least favorite Joker I've ever seen in anything. <laughs> but does that deserve my hatred? No, save your hatred for things like Bill... Uh, I was going to say Bill Cosby. Yeah, Bill Cosby and uh, and Trump. Things like that. Things that are, are evil. Like It's not like Jared Leto uh, portrayed the Joker for the purposes of being evil. Whereas, uh, say, a, a Donald Trump, for example, is evil and can harm and kill... Whereas this Joker portrayal probably didn't kill anyone. Was pretty bad, though. Uh, next is A Few Good Men. Okay, so uh, this is another sort of category of movies I have that maybe some people do, maybe some people don't. Uh, this falls under the category of movies that I have never seen that I should have seen a long time ago. Uh, came out in 1992, so I was 11 years old, if my math is correct, which it rarely is. So that might explain not seeing it. Uh, an 11-year-old probably doesn't want to watch a neo-military lawyer. Caffey defends Marines accused of murder. They contended they were acting under orders. Well, that's not a very good description, Imbda. Uh Stars Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore. The, the, in fact, the amount of people in this movie, let's just see. Kevin Bacon, Keith Sutherland, Kevin Pollack, James Marshall, TJ Walsh, Christopher Guest. The list goes on and on. Uh, all, all the people in this movie seemingly went on to bigger and better things. Uh, this is one of those movies that you always see on those sort of top 100 movies of all time list. Uh, I think it was very good. Uh, I do... should say this with a caveat, my rating of 3 out of 5, that this is not normally the type of movie that appeals to me. So the fact that I did have enjoyment while watching it is praise. It's just I don't really like courtroom drama, even if it is military-based. It, it just it doesn't float my boat. Uh, the whole movie, probably 4 out of 5, I would give it. Uh, then the, the, the very, very end got super, super cheesy. Uh, even with the script, the end sort of written out was a very strange choice, I thought. Maybe that was something we did back in the 90s. I don't recall. Uh, I, I would say it is a movie that you should see. Okay, let's leave the convoluted rating at that. Uh, okay, last but not least, Resident Evil from 2002. Uh, what I decided to do with the newest Resident Evil movie coming out shortly, from my perspective, in fact, I think it might have just come out, uh, I decided, uh, as I have done in the past with several movie franchises, I'm going to watch one Resident Evil movie a week, culminating with the newest, uh, whatever it's called, Final... I think, I know it has Final in the title, which, is it really? Is it really? Uh, Resident Evil the first, uh, I think it still holds up well. I'd go a solid 4 out of 5. Uh, the scene with the laser grid, the, the, that's still pretty incredible, even by today's standards. Um, a Resident Evil video game story, convoluted, a Resident Evil, um, 
movie story, perhaps less so, certainly in the first less so, but but still some weirdness. Uh, I, I love this franchise. It's just dumb fun. Uh, it, it's the dumb fun of a Sharknado, but in a much better movie <laughs> with not horrible acting and some actual good special effects and such. How about that? Did anything I say over the course of that five minutes of talking of movies make a lick of sense? I don't know. Today's Television Talk sponsor is The Legend of Korra, Season 1 to 4. Yes, saw this on Netflix and had realized I had repeatedly over the years heard people say positive things of this show, never once a negative thing. Uh, then I found out that uh, the, uh, the titular... <laughs> Uh, the titular Cora is voiced by uh, Janet Varney, which I was unaware of. Uh, Janet Varney, if you are in the podcast, know, uh, is sometimes referred to as Little Janet Varney. <laughs> uh, she's been on At Midnight a bunch of times, super, super funny comedian. Uh, and then seemingly, the well, not seemingly, is the lead voice on this seemingly incredibly popular uh, animated television show. We've also got uh, Dustin Faustino, which I didn't realize. Uh, uh, J.K. Simmons uh, plays Tenzin, which I did realize. Uh, all sorts of names that... Uh, just just sort of a little behind-the-scenes action. Uh, I have, as I do, uh, opened up the Wikipedia page for what I'm talking about. Sometimes I glance at it, sometimes I don't. Uh, you can tell this is my first time glancing at it because I was surprised by David Faustino. Uh, I think I did know J.K. Simmons. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He's got a very distinctive voice. Did I know that? As Tenzin? Anyways, uh, so what is this about? Uh, it's about a young woman, uh, Cora, who is the, uh, um, what do they call her? The Avatar. So what does that mean? Uh, this takes place in a sort of, it's almost like it's in the past, uh, alternate universe feeling, sort of steampunk vibe, uh, in which people, members of the population, have powers. Uh, their powers revolve around the elements, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. So, for example, some people can bend, and that just means they can utilize uh, uh, fire. So they could, say, uh, have a fireball appear in their hand and then shoot that at someone, or snuff out candles, or a wide variety of things that you can think of that have to do with fire. Uh, some people uh, water bend... Which means, like, uh, if you ever remember um, the movie The Abyss, it kind of looks like that, The Abyss Monster. Uh, basically, you're just controlling water, moving it around. It's like the telekinesis of each of these elements. Then there's Earth, which is basically stones and such. Dirt. Uh, and then there's Air, which is, as you guessed it, Air... And then there's sort of combinations where it's uh, like metal bending, uh, which has to do with earth. Uh, lava bending has to do with fire. 
Uh, and then there's some weird ones that pop up every once in a while, which I enjoy. Uh, now, the Avatar, Korra, has the ability to control all of them at once. And she's like the only one who can do that, which makes her very, very powerful. So, in this world they have created, she is there to sort of keep the peace among everyone. Because, as you can imagine, uh, <laughs> when there's people who can control fire and people who can control water, the possibility of them not liking each other is pretty high. Uh, you know what, it, it doesn't... The thing I like about the show is a number of things, but one of them, it, it doesn't necessarily go by that rule. Fire people, hate water people. Uh, there's much more subtle sort of intricacies than that. There's there's politics, uh, which, you know, I don't care for in general, but they manage to make an interest. There's a, there's a bit of a love story, uh, a sort of coming-of-age story as uh, Korra develops her powers, loses her powers, has to develop them again. Uh, this uh, season one to four takes place over the course of quite a number of years, uh, and a shit ton happens. Uh, now let me say my number one reason that I'm giving this a five out of five, and this has come up on the podcast many, 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 many times, and something that any television, movie... Oh, shit. Did I fuck my timer up? Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Okay, so... Probably... Not probably. Definitely fucked up my timer there. So... uh, Anyways, (laughs) what was I saying? Uh, Yeah, so uh, what this does, that that any sort of media, just period, from, from movies to television to video games to books to... To any creative thing in in general, really, I would say I, I can't th- think of an exception. Um, is you can't be one hundred percent serious one hundred percent of the time. So this is a uh, this is a real world where quite often things are amusing. These are friggin' people with who are using air to push people and and fly in wingsuits and. And there's animals that can fly and animals that can bend. And it's some some weird shit going on. So just like in real life, weird shit goes on and humor can come of that. And it does quite often in the show. So uh, I, I applaud them for that. Uh, I'd say like every episode will have some, some the odd joke in it. Uh, and that it could get very very dark as well so it's the sort of two extremes like there's times where Korra is uh sort of down and out uh seemingly lost all of her power for the most part and it it gets sort of gritty where she she even joins like a, a fight club uh has sort of cut herself off from the rest of the world and has seemingly given up uh very very cool and uh, easy for me to give a 5 out of 5. Uh, then there's a sort of Civil War aspect that was in the last season. Um, almost like the the atomic bomb discussion. It was an atomic bomb. It had to do with these plants that have powers that could be harnessed to blow shit up. Then there's the spirit world. This just... It's it's very dense. I I will say that. Uh, I would recommend starting at the beginning. Uh, This is not the type of show where you could hop in uh, season four and know what's going on. You would be lost quite easily. Uh, It's very incredibly well designed for binge watching in that regard. Uh, If I was watching this 
show over the course of four years one episode a week, I feel like the possibility of getting lost is is probably high. Uh, but because I flew through it relatively quickly, uh, that never happened. So please do yourself a favor and check out The Legend of Korra. Oh, uh, one question I have, and does it say here, is there going to be more seasons? Uh, it doesn't look like it on the Wikipedia. Huh, I hope there is, because it's very, very good. Today's game, Gavin, is rather a double television talk, which I am not sure if I've ever done before. Uh, I will give you a little tease for next game, Gavin. I have been playing The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past on my Super Nintendo Entertainment System. So uh, we'll talk about that next next time, but uh, I have an abundance of television sort of finished and just waiting to talk about, whereas I sort of just started to dip my toe into Zelda, so I thought what we would do is talk about uh, Pacific Heat Season 1. Oh, Pacific Heat. Just realized... Oh, yeah, this is uh, not good. This is uh, this is something very very rare. Uh, I do on the podcast, which is bring something back that I don't like. <laughs> That's not what this podcast is about. Uh, if there's something I don't like, I won't watch it. Uh, I won't finish the book. I won't finish the video game. I'll stop doing it because I don't like it. I'm not getting paid to do this. Uh, with the, the reason that I watched the entire uh, season of, uh, Pacific Heat on Netflix, all 13 episodes, was because, uh, I, I was working from home and sort of had it on in the background, so, uh, my attention was not needed, it couldn't be on something 100%, so a show like this that can be on in the background while your your dislike of it builds. <laughs> Is that a good thing? I don't know. Probably had a bad day at work. I wonder if I screwed up much. Uh, I, I don't think I did. Uh, why is this not good? Uh, because it is a ripoff of a much, much better show. Now, a ripoff of a show is not necessarily a bad thing, I would even say. But if you're going to rip off a show, in this case, the television show Archer... Uh, and you do such a worse job, uh, and the comparisons are so incredibly obvious, what is the point of your existence? There, there really isn't at all. Uh, let me read the synopsis. Let's see if that tells us anything. Oh, it's very short, which maybe is telling. Uh, Pacific Heat is set on the Gold Coast, a sun-drenched paradise where surf and Sun meet soaring crime rates. <laughs> Excuse me. The series is based on the television show Archer, it should say. The series is based on the exploits of an undercover special unit known as Pacific Heat, established by police authorities to tackle everyone from petty crooks to international drug cartels. Sounds relatively interesting. Um... Not only did they make C 
seemingly everything a poorer imitation of Archer. But they even did that down to the detail of animation style, uh, which was surprising. Archer has a very interesting and sort of one-of-a-kind animation style. So uh, you're copying, if you are copying something that is one-of-a-kind, is going to be that much more obvious. Pacific Heat. Uh, they do... <laughs> I think what they've done is saw that in Archer there is quite often jokes that are ongoing and repeat and decided that um, that could just be a thing. Whereas with Archer, the jokes that repeat are ones that uh, uh, writers, the community, uh, human beings have found funny. Uh, whereas here, it's just like they think a joke repeating is what makes it funny. Uh, and that, I can tell you, is not the case. Jeez. <laughs> uh, 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 Rating-wise, i got to go one. Uh, I don't know if I've ever gone less than one, but I'm tempted to do so here. Uh, you know what? It, does, it, it doesn't deserve less than one. A ringing endorsement for... Pacific Heat. Don't watch. Watch Archer instead. Okay, just realized my timer is very screwed up. Um, that should have been the game Gabin. Oh, God, what have I done? So, let's just pause this. <sighs> really fucked up the timer on this one. Uh, so, pretend that was all game Gabin related sounds. Fucking Jesus. A professional would edit things like this. Would edit them out. Would fix the timer. I just want to prove my unprofessionality by not doing so. Today's Game Gabin seg segment is... I didn't even give the fucking sponsor last time. This episode is off the rail. Okay, so... First things first. Uh, the... I haven't been giving any of the sponsors. What is wrong with me? Okay, so the uh, Television Chalk sponsor was... The Last Alcohol Bender. Mm-hmm. The double television talk sponsor was uh, Ripoff, which is, of course, the clothing line from Hulk Hogan. This game Gavin sponsor is Nursing Home Resident Evil Diapers. And we'll save the... No, fuck it. Let's do the, the, the Internet Intercourse sponsor as well. We're here. I'm not turning this car around. Foos Sweet Roll Shop. Top seat for free. Okay? You got all the sponsors now. Hey, you know what? The 2017 Golden Shades uh, Lumberjack Awards. That was the first one. Now they're all lumped together in a nice, neat little sponsory package. You could... Yeah. Good. Gotta get paid, right? Uh, okay, so uh, game the first is the Magic Circle. Uh, this, yeah. This is a very, very different one, 
and one of the best games I've played in quite a while, I think. No, I, I played, uh, oh, what was that called? The girls, lesbian, time traveling, uh, that was good too. Uh, anyways, uh, definitely a game unlike anything I've played. Uh, let me read the wiki. I think it looks like it's got a good explanation because it is difficult to explain. Uh, the game primarily takes place in a sandbox environment, but contains a mixture of puzzle-solving, puzzle indirect combat, combat, and exploration. Uh, the player has the ability to trap enemies, objects, and other items in the game in order to take their functions and modify the creatures. Uh, the functions that you collect can then be given to any object or creature to create minions that will defend the player or help them overcome certain obstacles and puzzles. All the player's decisions will have a major impact. Yeah, I could see that being true. Okay, so basically you are inside of a video game, which playing a video game, that's... I guess that makes sense. But you are there from the point of view of someone making a video game. So uh, let me explain from that indirect combat. That's a good way to explain it. So you will use an ability to... You'll you'll see a bad guy. It'll be like a kind of a dog-looking thing, just as an example. You'll capture it, quote-unquote. Uh, then you'll go up to it and you'll... Uh, sort of go into the code that was used to create it. The code as in like the matrix code, you know, the the, co the video game code. And then you can change it to, instead of attack you, to protect you. Um, that's just sort of one example. And then you can have it follow you, so that now you now you got it following you. By the end of the game, uh, I, I, I kind of thought I'd reach a point where I have so many people following me that I'd crash the game, but it never seemingly happened. Uh, so kudos to the game makers there. Uh, I had a fucking posse of these just incredibly crazy looking monsters following me around doing my bidding. Uh, some of them have different abilities. Uh, and, and as it said, you can take the abilities of one and put it to another. So let me see, how would that help explain a puzzle? Uh, okay, so there was, um, there's, there's, say I have to cross this uh, a lava river. Okay, yeah, this is a good example. Uh, I, there's, there's things that I can go on the back of and then cross the river, the, the lava, but then they burn up and then I burn up and then we die, which is not good. Uh, if... I eventually find something that is fire resistant and then give that characteristic to the thing that can carry me across the lava, then we're good to go. That's just sort of one little example, but there was tons of examples like that. Uh, throughout the game, you're sort of seeing and talking to other developers of the game and the main sort of creators of the game, and it's all done uh, with the sort of point of view that you are tr it's almost like you're trying to release something that lives within the game a sort of ai that lives within the game it's very very deep <laughs> of what's going on it, it, it takes your mind some some thought to wrap your wrap it around what's going on a really really great experience overall highly recommend the magic circle easy for me to give it a five out of five uh, my only criticism uh 
and this is a criticism of a lot of good games, is that it wasn't long enough. I, I wish there was more of it. I, I wanted to stay in this world and explore further, but uh, it ended, so I could not. Uh, okay, so I also wanted to talk about uh, PewDiePie plays Resident Evil 7. Yeah, so um, Resident Evil 7 just came out. Looks amazing. Uh, looks too scary for me to play. <laughs> just period. Uh, I find uh, watching scary movies is one thing, but playing scary video games gets me my heart pumping and the sweat pouring from me to a degree that I find uncomfortable and do not like. I bet you... Uh, people play scary games online, uh, and by that I mean record themselves on Twitch or post videos of themselves on YouTube for others to watch because it's funny. I bet you I would be a good person to play a scare, scary video game and then post it on my YouTube channel. Uh, but because they're too scary, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, so instead, I live vicariously through others who do do that. <laughs> do do. Uh, I decided to do this time through the eyes and video game fingers of PewDiePie. Why not? He's the biggest YouTuber. Might as well watch him play. He seemingly also uh, he made it through the game. I will say that, but uh, also seemingly very scared as well. So. Uh, I did, did still have some of that tension. And, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. I, I've watched him play through two games now, Firewatch and this. And uh, it's a good experience. Uh, somehow, some way, that living vicariously, um, you do feel like a sense of accomplishment when he beat the game which is it's sort of mind-boggling and i can even realize this my, my brain can realize that i have accomplished nothing other than to watch him beat a game and yet that sense of accomplishment he obviously had uh came through into me somehow some way so a uh, sort of a fascinating brain experiment there that i wanted to talk about okay so i'm going to push the timer again which will give me five minutes for internet intercourse which i see i have way too much to talk about so that probably won't be enough time but fuck <sighs> uh internet intercourse item the first never not funny with guest scott ackerman yeah uh so two of my favorite podcast people together on a podcast have to at the very least mention it uh, was amazing. These two together have senses of humorses mm -hmm, uh, that sort of feed off one another uh, so, so well. I, the, it would be an ideal situation to have them work together more often, just on anything, period, full stop. Uh, so, have to mention it. If you are not one who listens to podcasts, how the hell are you hearing this? First off, you're deep into it now, man. Uh, definitely go to listen to that and never listen to this again. Because obviously I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, how did this get made? Highlander 2, the quickening edition? If you're unfamiliar with the podcast, how did this get made? They'll talk about bad, quote unquote, movies. Uh, and ask the question, how did this get made? Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this one, because it was very good, they're all very good, but also because about a week or two before they talk 
of Highlander 2 colon The Quickening. I did so on this very podcast, so kind of funny that I beat them to the punch by a week or two. Take that, how did this get made? Specifically, Jason Manzukas. Yeah, what are you going to do about that? Uh, next we have Comedians, Comedian... Comedians, Comedian Podcast with guest Brian Regan. Yeah, um, Comedians, Comedian Podcast is a guest in which a comedian has on other comedians to talk about the craft of comedianship. Uh, he is... Oh, shit. I don't have time to look at his name. Oh, fuck. That's going to bug me, too. I was literally listening to it like an hour ago. Uh, anyways, he had on uh, Brian Regan... Uh, he is based in England, so has more English comedians than he does uh, once from the U.S., so it was nice to uh, hear a little different there. Uh, recommend this podcast in general if you're interested in the art of comedians and stand-up comedy. Uh, but this was, a, this was a good one. To get into the brain of Brian Regan, one of the best, was pretty fun. Uh, okay, so got a new find on YouTube, uh, Mythbusters for the Impatient. Uh, yeah, this is a genius idea. Uh, whoever did this, I bet, is not getting paid for it. Uh, I'm wondering how, uh, who does Mythbusters? Discovery Channel hasn't closed down their channel. Basically, it takes, uh, an episode of Mythbusters and breaks it down to about ten minutes or so, which, there is so much fluff in those Mythbusters. Mythbusters that, although I liked it, I did stop watching it for that reason. So, uh, this guy really, really hats off. An incredible idea. Uh, you're, you're doing the Lord's work, I would say, if I was at all religious and not an atheist. Next, we have Cop Skyrim Season 6. Yes, Cops Skyrim is back. And copier than ever. Hmm... Uh, this is over on the Nerdist channel. Uh, basically, it is what you would call machinima, which is taking video from the video game Skyrim and then uh, uh, sort of mixing it with the television program Cops uh, and creating its own little thing, which is hilarious, with Officer Johnson. Is that what his name is? Can't forget. Moving on. Hot Ones with guest Joey Coco Diaz. I fucking love Joey Coco Diaz. Uh, so to see him on Hot Ones, one of my new favorite YouTube sh television, not television, YouTube loves, uh, was great. If you're unfamiliar with the show Hot Ones, uh, people come on and are interviewed while eating a progressively hotter and hotter chicken wing. Uh, Joey Diaz, by the end, he was sweating like I've never seen anyone sweat before. He's a big dude, so I guess that makes sense. Big plus eating spicy food is going to equal some sweat, as is evidenced in this video. Uh, he just, one of the funniest guests I've seen on this show, uh, on, on anything. He's, he's just a super funny, interesting dude. Yeah, it, it's not that he, it's not even necessarily that he's the funniest, like... Like, I would definitely say Jimmy Pardo and Scott Ackerman are funnier than Joey Diaz, but uh, he combines the comedy with being having such an interesting background and being able to talk about that with respect to what he's doing is, uh, is, is good stuff. Uh, okay, uh, next we got a sad one. Uh, uh, Veer Bambi leaving YouTube. Ugh, yeah. Uh, I've, I've spoken for... 
geez, half a dozen or so times on this podcast, my, uh, my love of her, uh, as a person, but also of her YouTube channel. So, uh, it turns out her assistant, uh, has just left, uh, so she is no longer able to focus on sort of other things and has to return to her, uh, cam stuff, her, uh, my free cams, which, uh, I have yet to really check out. Uh, I, I think she, not exactly my cup of tea and also she does it super late at night. So, you know, uh, like I, I, I wasn't there because she's smoking hot. I was there because she was smoking hot and interesting, <laughs> Uh, if, if she was just one or the other, I might not have enjoyed her YouTube channel. So, uh, the fact that she's not going to be doing it, uh, is sad. Uh, it's a hopefully not for good situations. And, uh, I do promise if she does come back, I will bring it back here. Uh, last but not least is, uh, I howled. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what I wrote down. Uh, I decided that, uh, I'm going to try out Howl. So I'm in my free month right now. Uh, I've learned my lesson, uh, so what I did was uh, sign myself up, but have gone into Howl and downloaded hundreds of podcasts so that now I have backups. <laughs> so what happened to me with Nerd Poker will never happen again. Now I have the entire Nerd Poker uh show podcast backed up onto my computer so i'm very very happy about that uh, i've been listening to like an episode a day now and i friggin love it uh the howl app uh, i'm still not convinced that i'm going to keep it but the uh, i i don't mind paying what i paid uh for the year like i'll, I'll probably keep it for the year and see how i do how often i use it because there's all the comedy bang bang uh, live shows as well, which I've never heard. So we'll we'll see. Play it by ear. Uh, I'll I'll let you know as I progress if it's good. You're good, which is why it's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done, and I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper